When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Monday, January 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, not a lot going on. So, it, it, the, the next time I start one of these podcasts and go, well, the the lockout is over. I, you know, that that'll be. We'll have a lot more to talk about then. But <laughs> as of right now, it's pretty much the same old status quo. Uh, neither yeah, that side. might be June. You might be waiting, saying waiting until June to say that. Oh, I really hope not. <laughs> it's. It, it, it's pretty bad right now. I mean, all we're getting are, you know, just like little, you know, trickles of news on coaching staffs. And, and really that's all they can talk about. Uh, it's, it's been really tough the last, uh, you know, couple of weeks, just being in this holding pattern, you know, waiting for something to break on either side from the league or from the players association. Yeah. It, it, uh, and, you know, you hear uh, that, you know, they've talked on, you know, the non-core issues, uh, but, you know, they're not going to get into the, you know, they've got to get into the nuts and bolts of this thing. And probably not until the end of this month, I would think that, you know, they'll start, you know, at least go to the table. But, uh, you know, pretty soon, Joe, they're going to start, you know, damaging uh, spring training and we're going to have to push back the regular season. I mean, I think that's a very real possibility right now. Well, my wife and I uh, over the weekend watched the the movie on Netflix, the real popular movie that's out there, uh, Don't Look Up, and it's an allegory on climate change. It's about a, a giant asteroid or comet heading towards Earth, and it's it's a planet killer, and it's going to destroy everything. I mean, that's that's how these guys are, and and what it breaks down to is there's groups on on the planet who are you know saying, look up, look in the sky, you can see the thing coming, it's coming, it's going to kill us all. And there's other people arguing, well, you know, don't look up, just deny that it's happening. It's, it's not <laughs> happening. Just don't look up. Don't look at the sky. This is, this is what it feels like with these negotiations right now. It's like you, you realize the, the longer you let this go, it's going to do damage to the game. And boy, if we miss spring training games, boy, if we miss regular season games, that's just, it's going to do a, a lot of damage to, to the game of baseball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been through this before and, you know, you think, uh, you think back that maybe a kinder, uh, gentler nature would, uh, help get these two guys, these two parties to the table, reach a deal, but it, it never works out that way, Joe. It just never works out that way. All right. Well, in the meantime, we've got uh, a few notes on, 
uh, coaching changes throughout the league. A significant one, I think, uh, Rachel Balkovic announced as a uh, low A um, Yankee affiliate uh, minor league manager. She's going to become the first uh, female manager of an affiliated uh, minor league team. Uh, she was a minor league hitting coach for the Yankees in 2019 and, and now gets to, to, to see how she can run a ball club. Yeah, that's really uh, interesting. It's going to be, uh, you see that more and more, more women are getting involved in uh, you know, the coaching ranks in, in professional baseball, uh, you know, in, in the low minors and working their way up. And uh, this is a significant step. Uh, you know, she's had some experience as a hitting coach, you know, strength coach. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, you know, the players handle this and how she handles the players. And, uh, you know, I, I would think that, you know, most kids in what, at low A are probably what? 18, 19 you right. know, years old. So that's like, I don't want, I don't know, condescending, but it's like, you know, either your maybe your mom is, is the manager of the ball club. Well, not, 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 maybe not necessarily that, but uh, 18, 19 year old kids who are coming up now have sort of less of those old world views about, uh, you know, who's in positions of authority because they're seeing more representation of women in those positions. So, you know, maybe the younger they are, they, they will be more likely to, you know, sort of buy into that sort of thing. Sure, We've seen sure. in other professional sports, uh, you know, Becky Hammond has, has been the head coach, acting head coach in San Antonio uh, in, in, the, uh, in the NBA. She's, she actually just took a job in Las Vegas as a head coach, uh, but she was maybe on a trajectory, on a path to, to be a, an NBA head coach. If you know the sport, if you know the game that you're playing and, and, and managing and coaching, uh, I think players want to respond. I have a, a friend who's, who's been in the NFL for years as a coach, and even at a young age when he, he first joined uh, the, one of the teams that he was with, uh, he said, they don't care how old you are. They don't care where you come from. The players don't. Uh, at that point, when they're in the NFL, when they're in Major League Baseball, when they're in the NBA, all the players, all these professional athletes care about is, can you help me get better? Can you make me a better player, more invaluable in my team, and able to make, uh, you know, the bigger contracts and, and, and make money? That's what these players are focused on at that level. So if Rachel Balkovic can, you know, get the buy-in from these young 18, 19, 20-year-old kids uh, because she can tell them, hey, if you listen to me, I can get you to that next level in professional baseball, then she's going to be successful. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And you know, you're, you're exactly right, Joe. When you're, you don't want, if you're a player, you don't want to stay in low a ball, you want to advance. <laughs> and if she can help you, you know, more power to her. And you know, you're, you're crazy not to listen. Right. Uh, as far as the guardians go, uh, we are hearing rumblings, maybe, at some point in the next, uh, you know, week or so, we might get an announcement on who the coaching staff is. You know, we know who, uh, you know, the major players are. There won't be a lot of changes there. Uh, just a couple of, of, of openings that, that might be filled. Yeah, um, uh, you know, they still have not replaced uh, Ruben Niebla, or maybe they have, but they just haven't announced it as the assistant pitching coach. Ruben went to uh, San Diego to be the uh, Padres pitching coach. And, uh, you know, we've, they've talked about internal candidates 
and uh, Joe, we talk, we you know we were kind of you know uh, batting some names back and forth. Yeah, I think uh, you know Joe Torres, uh, Torres, uh, the minor league pitching coordinator, is is a possibility. And have you heard any about anyone else? Uh, I have not heard specifics. Uh, Rigo Beltran was another guy who you know, worked with uh, some of these younger guys who are coming up now to the majors. Uh, former Ohio State coach uh, Brad Goldberg uh, announced, he announced that himself that he was joining the uh, the Guardian staff. Uh, we haven't gotten anything official there, but uh, he was a, a Beachwood High School standout and uh, announced on Twitter December 21st that he was leaving Ohio State uh, to join the Guardians Major League staff. So we'll, we'll see where he fits in. Uh, there might that might be a possibility as a, a guy that takes a spot on the major league uh, coaching staff there. But we'll look forward to and we'll have a a, a deeper discussion about uh, the the Guardians coaching staff once uh, once we get the official word from the club as far as that goes. Yeah, and, and Rigo Beltran is you know the Triple A pitching coach and he's worked with a lot of the pitchers, a lot of those young guys. He's been in the organization for a while. Right. And it, that might be a guy who you, you leave there or, you know, put in the pipeline to manage at some point or something like that. So who knows? Um, all right. Uh, today we're, we're focusing on uh, the AL East. We're looking at the moves that were made prior to the lockout and what needs to be done uh, once things sort of get set in motion uh, after the lockout is over uh, and, and where these teams have needs and, and what they might be doing to fill them. So uh, let's jump in uh, right now, right off the top with the, uh, the Blue Jays, you know, one of the, the more exciting teams in that, uh, in that division because of all the youth and all the, uh, the talent that they have. Uh, but uh, the, the big need that they sort of addressed before the lockout uh, came to pass was uh, signing Kevin Gaussman. Uh, they got him for $110 million. And, uh, you know, they re-signed Jose Barrios to a seven-year contract, and they're going to pay him $131 million. Yeah, you know, definitely. They, uh, you know, they bolstered that uh, pitching, that, that starting rotation. Uh, they had lost to, uh, they'd lost last year's uh, Cy, or this, this, this previous season's Cy Young winner. You know, Robbie Ray, you know, went to uh, the uh, Seattle, Stephen Matz. Another free agent went to uh, St. Louis. Uh, Kirby Yates, who didn't pitch for him at all, uh, signed with Atlanta. So you know they definitely had some uh, openings on that, that on that rotation, and uh, they filled them with uh, Gaussman and you know extended Jose Barrios' uh, uh, contract seven years with uh, Barrios. So uh, that's that's a big commitment right there, Joe. And you know if you look at the AL East. Toronto went 91 and 71 and they didn't make the postseason. Mm-hmm. Four teams in that division won at least 91 games. Three, the top three went to the postseason. And uh, you know, the, the Blue Jays just missed. Yeah, and and part of that was uh, you know, they they needed they didn't have a real good bullpen. Uh they added uh Yimmy Garcia uh before the the lockout, but uh really that that bullpen is gonna be an area where they need to to continue to add and, and bolster as well. Uh, they also, um, they lost uh, Marcus Simeon, uh, MVP candidate. He went to, to Texas. So they've got some spots on the infield and, and that 
really brings uh, brings Cleveland into play with it's it's no secret that for a long time the Blue Jays have have really coveted and sort of looked over and said, hey, we would love to have Jose Ramirez, uh, you know, on our roster. Uh, what do you think the chances are that they could make that happen at some point in the 2022 season? You know, I guess it depends on, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, how, how the Guardians play and, uh, you know, with what kind of season uh, the Blue Jays are having. Uh, right now, that lineup is so deep. You know, I think uh, they can, uh, you know, withstand the loss of Simeon, uh, who, who went to Texas. Um, you know, they've got, uh, you know, they've got Vlad Guerrero, Bo Bichette, George Springer, you know, uh, Tiasco Hernandez, Guriel. I mean, they're loaded. So <clears throat> I think BGO could probably, Kevin B, uh, BGO could slide in there and, and take uh, Simeon's place at second base right now. Right. And if they were, if they did decide to be a major player in free agency, you've obviously got guys like, you know, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Chris Bryant out there in, in free agency. Uh, if they decide they can't necessarily wait on Jose Ramirez uh, at some point, uh, you know, maybe they make a move for a Matt Chapman uh, as the, as the A's uh, decide to start selling pieces off. Yeah, that's a, he's a, he's an interesting name. A great, you know, obviously great third baseman, you know, offensively and defensively, you know, he's also come up uh, with the Yankees. The Yankees have shown some interest in him before the lockout. And, uh, you know, one, some speculation said they might even try him at shortstop. All right. Uh, moving on to uh, the Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles uh, signed Rupned Odor uh, from, away from the Yankees. Uh, Odor is only 27 years old. That's that seems a little crazy to me. I, I, it seems like he's been around for a lot longer than that. Uh, but they got him for next to nothing. Um, and the, the Yankees uh, are, are picking up a lot of his salary. And so that's a, a small addition to their lineup, but they needed uh, a veteran guy, uh, a second baseman and, and somebody who could, who could hit at Camden Yards. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, you know, he's been around, he's, you know, a veteran guy came, came up with Texas. That's where he made his name for himself. Had a decent year with the Yankees, um, you know, and, and I just remember how well he played against uh, Cleveland when he was with the Yankees. So uh, yeah, he's, he'll help, he'll help that, uh, that, uh, you know, that uh, Baltimore's infield, but boy, Joe, that, that team needs a lot of help. They're going to lead. They need a lot more help than uh, Ruglis Odor. Uh, <laughs> right. In the last, in the last, uh, here, here's their record in the last, uh, in the last five years, Joe, 52 and 110 this past season, 25 and 35 in the 60 game sprint, 54 and 108 uh, uh, in 2019. They lose 115 in 2018. They lose 87 games in 2017. This is a this is a long, painful rebuild that the Orioles are going through, and uh, hopefully, they you know there's some kind of light at the end of the tunnel here. You know, the, right. the guy that everyone is talking about is I guess their 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 uh, number one pick in 2019, the catcher Adley uh, Rutschman. Adley uh, Rutschman, yes number one uh, prospect on MLB pipeline. So 
He's a catcher, switch hitting catcher. So maybe he'll, you know, he should be slated to uh, make his big league debut sometime this in the, in 2000, this coming season. Right. At, at, at that point, at some point in the 2022 season, you're going to see Adley Rutschman come up and he's going to give you a reason to want to watch Baltimore Orioles baseball uh, because right now there aren't very many uh, reasons. Other, uh, you know, they, they, I believe Cedric Mullins is still there, but uh, you know, they might be trying to work something to, to move him. He's an exciting player as well. Uh, their, their biggest needs I think are on the pitching side right now. Uh, they, they signed Jordan Lyles uh, to a $7 million contract, but you know, he's 31 years old and he, you know, he doesn't really sort of move the needle right now. Uh, but you know, again, that's, they're, they're going to be looking for pitching uh, in the years to come. Now, when you talk about pitching and you talk about the AL East, uh, the Rays are the team, right? That's the, uh, that's the pitching factory in the AL East. Uh, they made a couple of significant moves uh, in the time leading up to the lockout. Uh, chief among them, they signed Corey Kluber. Yeah, Corey Kluber, uh, you know, they <laughs> signed him to a one-year, $8 million deal. Uh, you know, the, and uh, just, uh, you know, they really, you know, the – so he, I think, you know, they needed a, a veteran guy to, uh, you know, kind of stabilize that staff. They had uh, Michael Walker last season. They had, uh, I think, uh, who was the left? Uh, yeah, Walker went, but he went to Boston. So, uh, you know, they needed a guy that, that kind of could step in because they have a pretty good young rotation, Joe, with uh, Sean, uh, Sean McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Luis Patino. Shane Baez or Baez, uh, you know, so they've got a lot, some young, you know, really uh, some kind of exciting young pitchers, but Kluber should fit in well there, you know, kind of the, maybe just to show guys uh, the kind of the lead dog starter. I don't know even how much he'll pitch there with uh, the way they run their bullpen. Right. Uh, they did add Brooks Raley, who was a, uh, a, a guy who posted a four, seven, eight ERA uh, for Houston. But I mean, he again, he doesn't, you know, really project to be a, a frontline guy either. Uh, the way they use their pitching staffs and and or their starting pitching, uh, you might not, you might expect Kluber to be more effective in in small bursts with them uh, and and how they approach things. Uh, they've got, you know, they they extended Wander Franco in the in the time before the lockout. Uh, this is a twenty year old kid who you know, hit everything he saw when he came up at the end of the season. Uh, so that's, th those are their big moves beforehand. As far as after the lockout, what, what sort of tinkering do they need to do with their lineup or with their rotation? Well, they've got to get a big bat, Joe. They're, they've got to get somebody to play. Uh, either they re bring back Nelson Cruz or, you know, sign kind of a, a DH type guy like that. But Joe, the, <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see when the lockout ends with, with the Rays. They had 19 players eligible for arbitration. Ooh. And so, you know, they, they made a bunch of trades right before the, you know, the lockout was announced. Jordan, our buddy Jordan Luplo was, was traded. Another uh, former Cleveland player, Joey Wendell, was traded, you know, just to kind of reduce that. But I still think they've got, you know, 15, 14 or 15 guys eligible for arbitration that, that have to, you know, they have to get their cases settled if, and when uh, the, the lockout ends. So that's, those guys are going to be busy down there. 
and they've got Tyler Glass now recovering from Tommy John surgery. At some point, he he figures to to slot back into that starting rotation as well. Yeah, he'll probably. I think it, it doesn't sound like he's maybe the second half. You know, maybe August or September he'll be he'll be back, but uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to be much of a factor. You know, in in, in the rotation in 2022. All right. Uh, moving on to the Red Sox, uh, looking at what they did. They signed uh, a handful of veteran starters right before the the lockout. Uh, you mentioned Michael Waka. They also signed James Paxton and Rich Hill. So they're really uh, they're they're really scraping the uh, the old age barrel there. It's a 41 year old uh, Hill is is coming back. He's consistent, but he's he's almost as old as me. Uh, and you know, there's they, they've got guys coming back off of uh, you know surgery, but really the the rotation and the and the bullpen are the two areas where this team needs to, to make the most improvements. Yeah. They, you know, they've got, uh, you know, they lost uh, Rodriguez went to Detroit. Uh, you know, he signed, uh, uh, you know, that big contract with the Tigers, Garrett Richardson, another Richards was another starter for them last season. He's a free agent. Uh, uh, you know, Martin Martin Perez was another starter that that's a free agent. So, you know, that's why they had to sign walk up Paxton and Hill. And, and Paxton is coming off Tommy John. He, he might not pitch until, you know, after the all-star break. So, you know, they're going to be scrambling a little bit in that rotation and their closer, Matt Barnes, uh, last season, you know, really struggled in the second half, you know, in August. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that's a little bit of a, you know, a tenuous situation for the, for the Red Sox as well. Yeah, they could stretch a, a guy like Garrett Whitlock, uh, who, who sort of was like an in-between guy. Uh, they could stretch him into a role as a starter, uh, depending on if they do it the right way. You don't want to burn a kid like that out. But he was we, we saw him. He was really effective. Uh, and they're going to they're going to go through and look for veterans to, to add to that uh, to that bullpen. So an area where the Guardians might be looking uh, to to sort of make additions as well is that you know, those uh, Brian Shaw or uh, Blake Parker pieces, those those veteran guys to help lead the young bullpen. Uh, the the Red Sox might be competition for them uh, for some of these, uh, you know, veteran relievers. Yeah, that's a good point because Adam Ottavino, uh, you know, was who, who really did a nice job for them last season. He's a free agent as well for the for the Red Sox. So you know, they're going to be, they're going to be on the prowl for, uh, for some veteran guys or some, some bullpen arms. I think I should try to make you pronounce Adam Adovino as often as possible. <laughs> be all right. We'll see how that goes. It's kind of fun. All right. We saved the best worst for last, uh, the, the much hated and much maligned, uh, the Yankees, uh, biggest move they made before the lockout might not have even been on the field. It might've been in the dugout. Uh, and, and that's bringing Aaron Boone back, but they brought Aaron Boone back and none, none of his assistants, they sort of cleaned house uh, other than, uh, than Aaron Boone. Yeah. So uh, Booney makes it, you know, he's, he's, he gets into the, uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. He goes into the, the pressure cooker one more year. What is this? I think this might be his fourth year. Right. And mm -hmm. you know, they, they still, they, they go 92 and 70 you know, finish second, tied with uh, Boston, and get knocked out of the, uh, the by the Red Sox in the wild card game. So, uh, you know, that, that's a tough place to manage. It's a tough place to play. 
when you win, it's great. And when, but when you, you don't win enough, it's, it, it could be, it can be, you know, just, you know, there's no difference between a, a last place finish and a second place finish for most uh, Yankee fans. Right. Well, uh, sort of heading into the lockout, uh, they, they didn't really make a lot of, you know, big sort of announcements, but we expect them to be the major player in, uh, you know, all of these big signings at the top that are left uh, in, in terms of free agents. Uh, the name that everybody's going to attach to them is Carlos Correa because their, their biggest need is at shortstop. Yeah, they, they definitely, uh, you know, need a shortstop, Joe. Uh, Correa, maybe. Trevor Story, maybe. Or, you know, or the plans that, that you know, said maybe they go and get Chapman and uh, move him to shortstop. But that doesn't sound feasible to me. I, 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 don't, I don't think that, that makes sense. And, and they've got Urshela, Gio Urshela, you know, who played some shortstop last season for them. Uh, and, you know, he's a great glove. You know, he's kind of revived his career there. Uh, so, you know, but I, I would think they'd want to make a, uh, you know, they'd want to make a, a significant upgrade there. And they also, you know, they've got to do something with catcher at, at Gary Sanchez. <laughs> that there's some, there's a lot of disappointment with Sanchez. But I don't know, you know, <laughs> there, there's just not, you know, unless you make a deal, there's just not that, that big, you know, can't miss catcher on the free agent market. Well, maybe they make a deal. That's the thing is if it, Tampa Bay is in their division, you, you're loath to make a, a deal within the division, but wouldn't Sanchez fit perfectly as a DH type in uh, Tampa Bay right now? If you could get uh, a, a guy who's close to being a, a major league shortstop uh, from the Rays, but you know, that's not going to happen because they're not going to work deals with uh, division opponents, I think. Yeah, that's a good point, Joe. And uh, this is the Yankees are a weird club. I was looking at their stats. They finished 10th in the American League and run scored last season. The Indians wow. finished. They scored they scored 711 runs. Uh, Cleveland scored 717 runs. They hit 230, 237 as a team, 13th in, in the AL. Uh, Cleveland finished, hit 238, but, you know, they're, they're third in them. They finished third in home runs. They finished, uh, you know, they finished first in walks. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of an all or nothing ball club, you know, with, with uh, judge and, and, and Gallo and uh, Stanton. And so it's, it, that's going to be, you know, I, I would, I'm sure they'd like to put some more, you know, kind of some flexibility in there, some different ways to score runs if they're going to keep up with Tampa Bay and the Red Sox. All right. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our look at the American League East uh, heading into, well, hopefully heading into the season at some point. Uh, we'll get back there, but uh, we will be back again on Wednesday for a look at the American League West. And we will uh, talk to you then. Hoysie. All right, Joe. 